You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Napa know-how. Keeping it simple is usually a good thing. And when it comes to rewards programs, keeping it simple is always a good thing. That's why we made the Napa Rewards program effortless. All you need is your phone number to start saving on the parts and tools you need. Then we automatically give you $5 off your next purchase for every 100 you spend. So start saving today with Napa Rewards. Quality parts, helpful people. That's Napa know-how. Napa know-how. You look at some of the non-roster invitees, or not non-roster invitees, that's baseball, I'm an idiot. Tano is, Tano is body beautiful. If you've been following me on Twitter, you know what I think about this guy. What's up, Draft Nerds? Thanks for joining us today. My name's Ken Swanson, and this is the Arrowhead Pride Chiefs Draft Show. We're going to spend the next couple months talking about the NFL draft and how it relates to your favorite football team, the Kansas City Chiefs. More on that here in a second, but first let me introduce you to my co-host on this show. You can find him on Twitter at Jacob Morley. He does draft work for Cheesehead TV. It's a Packers site. You're going to have to forgive him, but there's no one I'd rather be talking about the NFL draft with than this guy. His name's Jake Stack. What's going on, my man? Hey, Kent. Yeah, my name's Jake. Uh, happy to be here. Real excited to talk about uh, the Chiefs draft coming up. Uh, a lot of exciting stuff going on right now, too. So really happy to be here. Excited to uh, do this thing with you. And so let me just kind of give you a little bit of information on what we've done in the past. The last couple of years, uh, me and Jake have been doing what I call an NFL draft book club. And we've both kind of been watching prospects at the same time. Like we pick, we each take turns picking two or three. We watch them. We, it allows us to kind of go back and forth and talk a little bit about you know what we think about prospects and um, it's been a lot of fun we actually built our own grading skill this year and so we're just gonna kind of talk a little bit about what we've seen about the prospects uh, that we'll be talking about every week and if you've been following along with some of the articles I've been writing on Arrowhead Pride I've been building a draft miss list it's pretty simple it's a, a list of Chiefs prospects or prospects I want the Chiefs to take and so we'll be talking a little bit more in depth about the prospects that we talk about uh, in those articles. We'll be adding some people to the draft miss list and uh, any, any future articles, too. So um, we kind of got a few housekeeping notes, uh, some interesting things that are happening. Um, me and Jake are actually going to Indianapolis this weekend. Uh, we're going to the NFL Combine. We're going to be there on Sunday for the D lineman and linebacker session. We're both geeked out about it. It's something we've kind of been wanting to do for our entire lives. Yeah, uh, question for you though, Kent. You know, we're no longer young stallions, but what is the fastest 40 time that you've ever been recorded at? Is that like in minutes? Because I, I was slow. I've, I've never been fast. I've, I've always just been a lumbering down the field kind of guy. So, yeah. Like Jared Lorenzen style? Not quite, uh, but I, there, were, there was a time in my life when I was definitely close to that i don't think i've run a 40 since probably eighth grade my my high school coach didn't believe in running 40 yard dashes we also were really bad so i don't know if there's any correlation there maybe maybe not 
But yeah, so we're gonna be we're gonna be there. Uh, I'm I'm pretty excited to do it. Uh, we'll probably talk about a few prospects here later in the episode uh, that will be at the combine that we'll be able to actually watch. But first, we kind of got to get the elephant out of the room because the Chiefs moved on from Marcus Peters this week. I was stunned to hear that news. I couldn't believe it was happening. Um, Jake, from an outsider's perspective, someone outside of the Chiefs fan fandom, what did you think about the move? I mean, I don't really have any hot takes that are going to come in here and blow anybody's mind. But from from my perspective, it's just it's kind of probably what you all are thinking. Just why? What what's the deal? Because in this league, the two things you need to do on defense are sack the quarterback and take the ball away. You just don't see guys with Marcus Peters talent getting traded for what he got traded for, too. Um, Honestly, from an outsider's perspective, I was kind of wondering dang, like I, would, I wish my squad would have went out and done that and got Marcus Peters to play for them. Um, so, I mean, honestly, I don't have anything really other than it's it's done, it's over. Uh, they need to move on from it. Um, they honestly, I think the compensation really wasn't that bad looking back at it. Yeah, it kind of stinks that they don't have the second until next year. Um, but overall, I think a second and a fourth isn't, isn't terrible value um, out of Marcus Peters, but yeah, I just man, that's it's it's got to be a tough pill to swallow as a Chiefs fan because now it's kind of a glaring hole in their secondary, which really would have been a strength going into this season. Yeah, and I, I'm kind of still processing it, like personally, like I I don't really know like what to think yet. Uh, but I, you're right. I mean, we've just kind of got to move on, and the Chiefs did get some additional draft picks uh, for the Marcus Peters trade. Only one this year. It's a fourth round pick. And it sounds crazy. I kind of did want to talk a little bit about the compensation because the fourth round pick does open the board up a little bit more for them. It gives them a little bit more flexibility to move up and down the board. Um, And if they were to, you know, be a little bit aggressive trying to move up into uh, higher up into the second round, they have one extra pick in the top 120 ish to kind of fall back on. So they, you know, they don't have to dump their entire uh, draft to get you know to move up. So I mean it's it's interesting. It's kind of frustrating, but you know what are you going to do? I think the next step is is trying to figure out um, how to replace Marcus Peters, and you really can't. I mean let's be honest. Like no one's coming in this week or this year and and replacing Marcus Peters. But there's a couple interesting prospects that uh, that might be able to help the Chiefs get close to some of what they were able to do with Marcus Peters. And we're going to talk about three guys in the secondary today. Those are the first three prospects we're going to be talking about today. Um, and the first one is a guy that I just profiled last week on Arrowhead Pride. His name's Jair Alexander. He's a cornerback from Louisville. He's 5'11", 195 pounds, already on the draft miss list. Very excited about him. He was he was originally committed to UNC Charlotte, a small school, kind of a late bloomer. Got some uh, late opportunities from Louisville, from South Carolina. Ultimately chose Louisville. Who's voted a team captain this year? Uh, Jake, what do you think about him? I, I really liked him. I did not watch him until this past week when you kind of turned me on to him. But I there was I was just telling you this before we were on air. There were a couple of times watching this guy's film where I started laughing as I'm watching, and not in a bad way. But he's just he is so cocky in like the best way possible. Not yeah, no for sure. Not like and obviously you need to be at to play that position. But there was one time uh, against Purdue. He's he's an excellent uh, punt returner as well. He's a really springy athlete. He was returning a punt. 
and he had it about the 50 yard line and he had an opening and he's putting his hand up as like he's going to take it to the house and then he got hawked by the punter um, <laughs> but like he he's just he seems like the type of guy you want in your secondary I mean he wants you to throw the ball his way he's got excellent ball skills I mean I would say his turnover ability is elite um, and if you're going to ask someone to come in and kind of do some of the things that uh, Marcus Peters did so well for the Chiefs as far as taking the ball away um, he can definitely be that type of guy I mean his start stop ability is so good he's fearless the biggest thing with him um, in, from my perspective was the durability concerns yep. and it's not because he's you know he, he's a little bit of a slender build and I don't know how much he's going to be able to put onto his frame um, but he gets himself into trouble because he sticks his nose in there and he does not scare anybody. I mean, he really is a fearless tackler. And there are a couple times, if you watch this guy, he he gets dinged up and he's kind of hobbling off the field. But the other thing that I really liked about him is he's got a really unique style of coverage, especially when he's pressing. Mm-hmm. He's he's more he's more pesky than than anything else. Like some guys are just their hands are so powerful and they can really take knock guys off their route. Um, Jair is more he's going to bug you. He comes up and he's got really quick hands. His hands are accurate where he's placing them on your body. And then he's got quick enough hips and he's got enough confidence um, that he doesn't panic if he misses. Sure. Um, so he's really fun to watch. I mean, he's just he he's, was quickly one of my one of my favorite guys in this cornerback class for sure. Yeah. And I, the thing that the things that stood out to me were energy and toughness. Like those are two things and those are two traits that the Chiefs now desperately need in their secondary. And he's got this, you know, he's he's not afraid. He's not scared. And he's got excellent ball skills. He's a guy that he's not going to completely replace Marcus Peters, but he does provide some of the on-field things that people really liked about Marcus Peters. Um, really loose hips. I thought he had pretty quick feet. He can, he can match well with, with receivers. Um, he's a guy that... The thing that I really liked the most about him was how competitive he is through the play, you know, because like he would like he would go up against big receivers. He wasn't scared and he would be really aggressive about trying to dislodge the ball if they touched it and was really aggressive in in trying to finish through plays to try to, you know, try to give every chance he possibly could to, to get a PBU, a pass breakup. Um, and you, you mentioned it. There's some injury concerns. Um, he's so because of because how fearless and how reckless he is with the football or with you know just in general playing the game. Um, he puts his body on the line. I saw him. I saw him like his his shoulder. Yes, yep. in in the Clemson game in 2016. Uh, he played. I think looked like he played through it. Right because if you remember how he got hurt, it was a blocked kick. Correct. I can't. I don't remember off the top of my head. No, well, there was one injury where it was a block kick. He had no business picking the ball up, but he did just because that's how kind of how he is. He's he's definitely a, he's a gambler. Mm-hmm. Um, he wants to make the big play, um, so he picked up the ball. Probably had no business doing that, like I said, and then he ended up getting dinged up. But in that Clemson game too, if 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 you want to go watch something, I would go watch that game first uh, because he's playing against Deshaun Watson. He's he's not he's not following around Mike Williams, but he's there's a lot of good matchups. He, he competed with him a lot. Um, and yeah and so that was one of my concerns with looking at him is how is he going to compete with these bigger physical uh receivers and there are times where mike williams got the best of him but he was a he i mean he competes and it's it was pretty fun to watch actually i think he had two interceptions in that game against deshaun watson so yeah. that's that's not too shabby no he 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 showed out that game uh i actually gave him a, a second round grade um and i really like him if the chiefs took him 
I, and here's the thing, Jair Alexander might be a guy that winds up not even being available for the Chiefs. Um, if, if his injury, if his medical history shows up, he's probably around one talent. Um, so he's kind of like a, an optimistic, hope, hopeful kind of, you know, maybe almost, he falls You're almost Chiefs. hoping for some kind of red flag right. and medical checks. Cause, yep. Yeah, because we're looking at both our grades. He's We have very early second on this guy. So... This co- the combine will be something to keep an eye on with him. Is you're almost kind of hoping that uh, team doctors will say, ah, you know that shoulder. I don't know if that's healed yet or or whatever, because that's what you're going to kind of need. Because I really think that's what will have to happen if he's going to fall at the late second. Yep. And I think in general the Chiefs should be trying to get first round traits. I think that's important. You know, if they don't have a first round pick, which they don't, they need to be try to even be aggressive trying to find someone with some first round traits. Jair Alexander is definitely one of those guys, and. This one's going to be interesting, Jake, because I'm going to we're going to move on to the next next guy that on our list, and it's actually a guy that we have very different opinions on. Um, I think he's got some first round traits. His name's Tavares McFadden. He's a cornerback from Florida State. He's six one, two hundred pounds, and uh, his sophomore year he led the uh, NCA in interceptions with eight, and was one of ten players profiled uh, on NFL.com this summer, kind of previewing the draft. I'm a huge fan of his his length, his size, his athleticism. Jake, I know you've got some I know you've got some varying opinions on him, but tell me the things you like about him first and then we'll get into the we'll get into some of yeah. the weaknesses both at the same time. Yeah, we're, go first. we're pretty far apart on him. I don't hate him. Um, I just I don't get the late first second round love on this guy because he's long, he's physical, um, he's really he's he's fine when he can get his hands on receivers. Um, he he's got he looks like he's got long arms. He can lock out receivers. He can disrupt routes. Um, you can still see even though he went a big well. So for me, the one big red flag is he goes from eight interceptions to zero his senior year. But even his or sorry, excuse me, his junior year, um, you can still see the traits. Um, of as far as being disruptive, he really gets his hands into the receiver's catch radius. He can really he does a good job of attacking the ball. Um, teams maybe shied away from him a little bit his junior year because of his playmaking ability, um, but it really I don't know, it just didn't show up for me as much the last year. And that's I think where we're so far apart. And even going back and watching some of his sophomore year, I'll, I'll let you talk about him before I start talking about what my my issues with him yeah. are because I know you got some positives on him. Well, I think you did a good, pretty good job of explaining a lot of things uh, that you know, kind of I like about him too. I just I, the thing I like about him is he's got just an ideal frame and he's got the athleticism. Um, I think I personally think he's got the athleticism to continue to develop, and I think he's he's still pretty raw and there's a lot of upside to him. He's still only 21 years old. Um, I, I thought he had pretty good ball skills and, you know, I know the the production dipped off a little bit, but I, I think it mostly was probably a couple of things. It was uh, teams probably throwing less towards him, but also there's just some bad juju about that Florida state program this year. It was just bizarre. Like, you know, there's a lot of NFL talent that's going to be selected early in the NFL draft this year. And Florida State won what six or seven games. Mm-hmm. Like there's just I, I something about this season in general. I just I, I feel like everything was just off in that entire program. And I'm not trying to make an excuse for him. Um, the thing, oh, the thing about uh, Tavares McFadden is like his um, he 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 showed up his sophomore year and was one of the best corners in all of college football. And he was the most productive. He had the most ball production of anybody. Um, 
but there was there was glaring issues with technique and some decision making and some of that stuff that was frustrating to watch but you said you know look at this look at the frame look at the athleticism look at the ball production this is a guy who still has a lot of projectability his junior year was was there was there was no significant growth and improvement and that's where i I'll, i would love for you to kind of get into some of the things that you saw as far as his weaknesses yeah uh just just you know explain some of the things that you struggled with which was what pushed him down the board for you well i think for first of all the what i always look for when i'm looking at a corner um and you like you see it in the denzel awards from ohio state the josh jacksons from iowa um, and even guys in the in the past that have gone high, there's just something about them. They they almost, they're springier. They I mean they they look like they almost they don't run they float. And to, I just didn't see that with Tavares. He almost he almost looked heavy footed and slow footed to me. Um, and sometimes you get that with these bigger corners. And so that's kind of the big thing for me is I like his size, but I don't know if his size is almost a hindrance to him because from what I saw and, and I'll, and Kent, you watched more 2016 than I did. Um, and I think you have to go back and look at that, but that's kind of what you, and you hit on that already. That's what concerns me because you really want to see guys get better from year to year. Yep. Um, and if there's something that they struggle with the year before, it's it's a big plus in my book. If you look at it the next year and say, okay, they were working on this. They've been coached. They've taken that coaching and they've improved their game. Um, but like his change of direction just didn't look that great to me. His long speed wasn't that great. The the biggest thing that the biggest concern for me is he, he is a guy that like I talked with Jair. He doesn't panic if he misses on press. Tavares, like I wouldn't say that if he if he if because he's he's a press corner, um, he's a physical guy. But if he misses, I think he kind of knows that he doesn't have the the feet and the hips to be able to open up and chase a guy down. Because there are times that you you could see him get beat, and it was he was to, he was toast. Like it was yeah. it was over. Um, he's in a he's in a chase position, and he was never really able to catch up. Um, yeah. I don't think for his size, he didn't impress me with his tackling either, which I know that's that's not really something I I mean, I care about it, but it's kind of kind of falls to the wayside a little bit with corners. But yeah, um, he didn't really seem super interested in wanting to tackle. Um, yeah. And I think I think I do think that this is a guy that the the combine is going to be very important for. Um, if, if he shows that he's got fluidity and he's got athleticism and he's got some 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 speed, I think it's going to help him um, as far as his his draft outlook. And you got to understand, like this guy was a first round lock this summer. People were talking about him as one of the 10 or 15 best prospects this entire class. And I still think there's talent there. I just think my biggest concern with him is consistency. He, he lacks it and his technique is all over the place at times. And he gets he he bites on stuff and his eye discipline isn't great you know all the time so that's a, that you know it, i think the thing is though he's a so, he was a sophomore when he had and he kind of showed up on the scene and i think people started looking at that and saying this kid is the next big thing he took a step back this junior year but there's still a lot of projectability in him and that's what i'm so encouraged by and he's the kind of guy that i do still think he's got first round tape first round traits uh, the combine is going to be important. His testing is going to be important, but that's a guy I think that she should be trying to identify is, you know, get some value with a guy that has first round traits that you can work a little bit, develop and get a really solid piece in the second round out of. Um, so the, uh, the next guy that the last guy in the secondary that we're going to talk about today is a guy. I am not sure 
why he's not getting as much love as he should be. And it's a guy both me and Jake are pretty high on. His name's Jesse Bates. He's a safety. Yes. No, his his name's Jesse Bates. He's a safety. 6'1", 195 pounds. He's a redshirt sophomore from Wake Forest. He started 13 games as a freshman, started his entire sophomore year. And um, I think part of the reason that he's actually – so low on some people's boards right now is because he's still a sophomore. He's an early entry as a sophomore. And and it surprised a lot of people too, that he came out. Yeah. Um, So yeah, no, and not to cut you off, but no, you're good. I think that's, I think you hit the nail on the head. Like he's a young guy surprised that he came out, not really sure what he has yet. I don't think people have honestly seen him yet. And, and he's, and I, I would almost, if there's guys that I'm going to be willing to take a go out on a limb on, I would guess that Jesse Bates, when he ends up being a second round draft pick, people are going to go, oh, he was a late riser. But there's really no such thing as a late riser. NFL teams know about this guy. Yeah. It's typically people in the media that have been late to get to his tape. Been, you just haven't heard about him right. yet. Because, th- I mean, this guy, I just, I don't. I love his projectability too. Yep. I, I love that he's young and he's only going to get better because he's already really stinking good. Yeah, the thing I, I really like. So I think I, I kind of envision him. He's he's I've envisioned him as a free safety, as mm-hmm. a single high guy. That's he's using his. He's got good speed. He's really athletic. Um, I think he's actually got pretty good um, instincts too. And I think he's a guy that um, he's fast to the ball. He's he's got a lot of range. And um, the thing that's really intriguing to me is I think. I'm not sure he couldn't play corner. Right. That's yeah, and that's what we almost both said after we watched this guy. I remember sending uh, Kent to text, be like, "Can you think this guy can play corner?" Just because he's so so fluid. Um, there is a play. I'll have to look it up, but uh, I don't remember who he was playing. But he he sunk his hips and sh- changed directions and found the ball. And uh, gosh, I just like plays like that, especially with young guys yep. like 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 Bates. You want to look at not necessarily always. Oh, is he messing up doing this or that? Because young guys are gonna mess up. But look for what he does well when he does it well, and he has some eye popping moments that you'll watch this guy and just be like, shoot, well, like, you, like, that's you, not normal. If you watched him in like he'd go play the slot, mm-hmm. and he just he he was he looked incredible out there. I'm like I'm not sure. Like he he's kind of one of those guys that might be able to to be one of the like the positionless football stuff we keep hearing about a guy that can play just a lot of different alignments and you know different places in the field I think he's he can do a lot of different things for you and um I'm higher on him than some people I know Jake is too we both have second round grades on on Jesse Bates um I'm seeing fourth round kind of looks and stuff and I'm I'm not there. The, the things he does need to work with. He's he's kind of a catch tackler. He's not really a guy that's yeah. laying the wood. He's just kind of he's just trying to get guys down. But he does. He does. You know? He does do it pretty consistently. That's true. Um, he took some bad angles at times, but overall, like I I love him. I'm, I love. I'm a huge I really like the way Wake Forest used him too. And what made me think he could play corner is because you you'll see him come up and and they'll roll their coverage and they'll leave him out there. I mean, he is playing corner, essentially. They're just kind of disguising what they're doing a little bit. And he just, he locked guys down. Um, granted, um, 
you know, he's playing in the ACC. He's not always got the best competition, but still, like, I mean, the traits are there. He's he's pretty fun. Yeah, I'm I'm a big fan of him. Um, and so, you know, he's a second round prospect. He's not a corner, but he does help the Chiefs replace Marcus Peters in the in the sense that he's bolstering that secondary. And the the role I would really like to see him in is a single high. It gives Eric Berry the flexibility to come down, play more closer to the line of scrimmage, and you know. I think Eric Berry is the kind of guy that the closer he is to the football, the better, you know, the better mm-hmm. he is. And Absolutely. giving uh, Barry the flexibility to do a little bit more of that and putting Jesse Bates out there. And he's still got some projectability to him, too, because he's only a junior. So there's there's just a lot of upside there. I'm I'm very high on him. I wouldn't be mad if they took him in the second round. And I think he's going to wind up getting a lot of second round looks when it's all said and done. Um, so we got a couple more prospects and we're going to talk about a couple guys that we're going to be looking for when we go to the NFL combine here, uh, this weekend, both guys are edge prospects that I've already written about on Arrowhead pride as well. In fact, all these guys today have all been profiled on Arrowhead pride. You can see all those write-ups on the draft miss list, um, uh, links and all that stuff. They're all out there for you to see. You can get a visual of them. You can see a little bit more detail, um, some some descriptions and stuff about them. Uh, but the next two guys we're going to talk about that we're going to be seeing live and I'm geeked out about. Um, the first one is Hercules Mata'afa mm. from Washington State, 6'2", 245. Here, if you've been following me on Twitter, you know what I think about this guy. He was an all-conference player, by the according to the AP, by at two different positions. Enough people voted for him at defensive tackle and at defensive end that he was all-conference at two positions. He was the conference player, defensive player of the year. He had 22 and a half tackles for loss, 10 and a half sacks. And he is one of my, he's probably, he's probably my favorite player in this entire draft. Uh, Jake, what do you think about him? I think, yeah, talk about guys that are underrated right now. I know uh, Justice, Justice Mosqueda is pretty high on this guy, too. He's He's got all, and if you follow him, he's got his formula for force players, which are basically edge rushers with an athletic profile to be successful at the NFL. Um, I, I love this guy as well. I mean, he's... he. I, my, my note, my one, my one tagline is he plays with his hair on fire. Like you will never have to worry about this guy taking a playoff because he just doesn't. Um, his get off is so good, um, and he was—I mean—he was a nightmare for guards to block. Um, I don't think he's going to maybe be asked to do that as much. The big question on him is because he did play inside at 250. Is can he bend that edge? Um, but I, I think he can. There's only like six or seven times that he was asked to do it in college, so that's the big question mark on him. Is you're projecting a little bit with him? Yeah. Um, but I don't think there's any question that he can do it, honestly. Um, and I mean, at 250, he was he was anchoring at times at D tackle at 250 pounds. I and mean, he's just he was relentless. He's he's strong. He's sudden. Um, he gets skinny through the gaps. His yep. hand usage is really good. He's already got a variety of, of moves. Um, he doesn't quit in pursuit. He, he rushes with a plan. I mean, everything is in sync with this guy, too, because a lot of guys, their hands will get out in front of them and their feet will go one way, their hands will go on another, and it's just, it doesn't look clean. Like, he's just, he's so good at what he does. He knows what he does well, and he kind of sticks to it. Um, so, I'm a really, really big fan of her because we actually have the exact same grade on him, too. Yep. So, and I, my thing with him is I think he has a rare first step. Like, I, I don't see very many guys in this class even specifically that are able to get off as quickly as him. And most of it was done 
uh, between the guard and the tackle, I understand. But the, the things they were even asking him to do, like I saw him lined up straight up nose against the center and was running like a like a long stunt all the way around the tackle and he got home. And so, you know, I, I just really like I mean, he was productive in the backfield. He's got an excellent first step. Um, I think he plays with pretty good leverage for the most part, too. I think it's just there's some projectability and some and some development there. Like this is the kind of guy like Patrick Mahomes. Okay, this is this is my this is this year's Patrick Mahomes for me, a guy that has special talents that needs some work and some development to kind of grow into the position. But you saw the ability, you saw the production, and you know you saw the special traits. I think Hercules Mata'afa is the same kind of guy that just requires a little bit more imagination and work to turn him into an excellent prospect. The biggest concern everybody asks is, can he bend the edge? Because he's going to have to play as an edge rusher full-time. He's not going to play inside. He's going to have to play as an edge. So everybody asks, do you think he can bend the edge? I think if you watch some of those stunts, if you watch the few plays that he got the ability to, or the opportunity to do it, I think it's there. When you watch, because you watch him line up in the A gap and then he's he's stunting to the C gap. And I mean, he essentially, he is he's bending there. He's yeah. doing it. He's, it's just kind of inverted. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Um, he's, he does it. Like you, you see the flexibility in his ankles to be able to do that. The guy, he, he cuts angles in half, um, which is I mean that that's the rare stuff that you want in your edge player. I'm I'm really interested to see how he weighs in and like what his length is because he's list, listed at what 6'2", 250. 6'2", 245. 245. Last I saw. So we'll see what he we'll see what he weighs this week. More maybe. concerned about his arm length than anything. Right. Um but I, I think he's I don't think he's gonna blow anyone away with that, but I think he'll kind of be at that threshold. You know, I think the thing like let's let's put him on the Chiefs, right? So you you put him opposite of of Justin Houston. You put him on the other side. You give him limited responsibility early. You let him just disrupt with his athleticism. You don't put too much on his plate. Um, but you let him you let him get off the football. You let him I think he can set I think he'll be able to set a great edge when yeah. it's all said and done. And that's something we haven't even talked about is the fact that he's really good in the run game too. Yep. I mean you talk about pass rushers and edge rushers as guys that go get the quarterback, and of course that's that's what guys get paid. I mean, someone broke it down. Like a sack in the NFL is worth like three point two million dollars is how they pay these guys. So big deal. But uh, what he can do as, as someone that can set the edge, especially for the Chiefs, who kind of have an issue with, uh, opposite from Justin Houston yep. with, with a guy that can set a hard edge, um, he could come in and, and do that for sure and just let let Houston just do what he does best. Okay, so here's the thing with, with Hercules. Um, okay, the NFL, for instance, they don't have 32 first-round grades, 32 second-round grades, 32 third-round grades, etc. They just grade the prospects based on what they see, and they assign them you know, round value and, and grade value. So not every team's going to have 32 first-round first, first grades and, and 32 second rounds. Um, like for me, for right now, I have like 18. I only have like 18 first-round grades. Hercules Mata'afa got one. He's one of the, I think he's a first round prospect. I think he's one of the best players in this class. And I think he's immense value in the second round. I would be ecstatic if the Chiefs got a chance to select him. He would be a guy I'd be very, very happy to uh, to add to this team. Um, and we've got one more prospect today. And it's, it's a local kid. It's kind of a local kid. He's actually from Texas, but he played at one of the local schools 
He's his name's Drance Armstrong. He's the very first person I ever added to the draft miss list on Arrowhead Pride. He's an edge rusher from Kansas. He's 6'3", 250 pounds, and will be 20 years old on draft day. I'm really excited about him. He's kind of a late bloomer. The reason he wound up going to KU was because he he was a late bloomer because he was playing basketball and his his frame wasn't putting a ton of ton of weight on and, and wasn't kind of passing the you know the eye test necessarily early on. Kind of got late offers as the process went on. And uh, KU got an absolute gem. He's, you know, like I say, he's going to be 20 years old on draft day, and he's just an athletic freak. Jake, what's what's your take on him, man? I think he's he lined up a ton with his, you know, his hand in the dirt at KU, and so I I'm really excited to and hope that he gets picked by a team that's going to basically deploy him as a three four outside linebacker because when you watch him, he's super fluid. Um, he, he honestly, when he's chasing, he looks like a safety. Um, he, he's got good long arms. Um, we're going to get to our scouting term of the week here pretty soon. Um, and I'm going to drop it right now because he is this. He's, he's body beautiful. <laughs> like he, he looks, I mean, he just, he looks like a football player. I mean, he's, he's, he's put together really well, especially for a guy that's only 20 years old. He's only going to get stronger. He's only going to get better the more he plays. And that's what he needs to do is he needs to do, uh, he needs to play. I have a note in here too because I don't, and I don't want to step on any KU fans' toes, but I want to see him with an NFL coach because yeah. this guy he's he's a ball like there there are guys that are just balls of clay and I think that's kind of where he is and what he is right now. He's only scratched the surface of his potential. Um, his sophomore year, right? Because he's he's a junior. Yeah. Um, his sophomore year is a stud. Yep. You know, he, he was ten, I think ten, over 10 sacks. Yeah. And so I think um, and it's it's clear, like it's as clear as any prospect you watch when you go watch his sophomore year to his junior year. The teams are going to say, hey, we're not going to let Dorrance Armstrong beat us. And they didn't. I mean, oh, he they, got, they he played got, for him this year. He got a ton of attention. Well, he was um, he was actually the Big 12 Conference defensive preseason player of the year. Mm-hmm. So people were he was he was put on alert and everybody put, you know, was put on alert to him. Like it wasn't just, you know, he probably was like the only talented guy on that chiefs or on that uh, Jayhawk defense this year, but he was getting a lot of respect beginning the year. And he still goes out and he makes plays. You just, you can't coach. I mean, there are a couple times where he would chase down the play from the backside. And the, those are plays that he didn't get attention on because teams just assume that that backside, that backside linebacker is not going to, or DN's not going to make that play. And then he goes out and does it. Yep. Um, so that's really exciting. And, and that's stuff that you kind of widen your eyes and get excited about. Um, and like, I think I already mentioned, he, he looks like he's got really long arms. I'm really excited to see where he, where he, what he measures up at. Mm-hmm. Um, just because he, he looks like basically what you would draw up an edge player to look like. Yep. Here, like, so here's my things with, with Durant's. Um, and I've, I'm a, I follow KU, uh, unfortunately they're abysmal, but I still do it cause I don't know. I like pain, I guess, but he, he's, he's, he's got this ideal frame, long athletic good first step um and the the things around him is he gives outstanding effort like he's an he's an effort guy and he um he's got good football character he's a guy that has all of the makeup that you want in a in an elite premier edge rusher but it's just it's not developed yet because he was at kansas having to do more than i think that's that's an underrated aspect of watching these guys too is you know he played on a team that's just not good like Potentially, maybe the worst team in college football last year. Potentially, they're they're <laughs> terrible. Maybe 
I don't know. They're bad. No, but, they're, but they're he the went out team. and he he played his butt off. Still, like yeah. it would have been easy for him to pack it in and go. You know what? I'm an NFL prospect. People know who I am. I'm going to be in the league next year. Who cares? Like I'm. Gonna, I'm I don't want to get hurt. Whatever. He he went out there and he. I mean, he plays hard. I think both of us have that in us because I'm looking at mine right now, and it's just. He's he's relentless. He, he is a very high high motor guy, high character guy. So yeah, and he, uh, he doesn't have a plan as a pass right. rusher. He really doesn't, and it's it's he gets taken out of too many plays, and he's he's not necessarily even ready to contribute just right away. I think you could put him in a small role, let him build on top of that. Like he might be able to do some sub rush stuff. He'd be a really good early special teams contributor, um, and then just kind of grow his role over time. But I think he's the kind of guy that. If you're wanting to work with a prospect, like if if you're trying to if you're trying to take on a project, you want to take on projects that have immense talent, the athletic measurables and the character and work ethic to see it through. And I think he's the kind of guy that could definitely um, reach or come close to a ceiling. And both of these guys, the combine is going to be important for them. Yeah. I mean, these both of these guys, they really need because the 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 production for Durant's Armstrong wasn't there, so he needs to show those athletic traits are still there. And then with Hercules, he's just got to show that he's going to be able to transition outside. So the the combine is critical for they're both kind of, of opposite these guys. In that in that regard, is you know, Durant is a guy that people are expecting the athletic ability will be there. Um, but the production wasn't. Hercules is a guy that people might question his athletic ability, but say, you know, the right. production's there. So they're kind of opposite. Um, Doris is definitely your redshirt type guy, which for the Chiefs might be really cool um, because they have this young quarterback that people are expecting to be a stud and are hoping to be a stud. Why not, you know, swing for the fences on a guy like this? And if you hit, you might have a young Justin Houston on your hands, you know? Um, it might take a year or two, but, you know, it might take, Pat Mahomes a year or two before they're a contending team. Yeah, and I think that's you know that's something that I've kind of picked up on with Brett Veach and this personnel group is that you know they they trust their coaching staff, they trust their ability to identify talent and to mine that talent and turn it into the best it can possibly be, and that's just kind of been a theme. You you look at some of the non roster invite or not non roster invitees. That's baseball. I'm an idiot. Um, the uh, the futures contracts guys, right? You know they 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 took they take Will Redmond. They took uh, Jalen Holmes, who's a, an athletic dense freak. Uh, edge rush prospect. They took Jason Marl, all guys that had a lot of talent, but for whatever reason didn't work at the other situation that they were in. Same with trading for Reggie Ragland, who was a top 40 pick last year because, you know, they believe in his talent and ability. They got him at a value trading a, a fourth round pick and, and Cameron Irving. We'll see what happens. I don't know, but I, you know, there's, there's this belief in their organization that they're going to invest in, in, in athletic talent, that just needs some work and they're going to trust that their staff is going to, is going to do their, what they can to get the most out of them. That's really, I, I, I think this, this kind of falls in line with what, what we've seen this entire off season. Um, okay. So that's it for the prospects today. And we're going to introduce something that we're going to do every week because it's fun and it's, it's fun to laugh at some of the ridiculous things that you'll hear come out of the mouths of anonymous scouts and, and NFL draft media guys. Uh, we're going to do a, a scout term of the week and just throw some random one. Jake already threw it out there. Jake, what is it again? Body beautiful. And it's, 
it's funny because you hear this a lot with like the combine where you know like the underwear olympics where they have to come out and they'll weigh in and it's wednesday right now and we're seeing some of the the tweets already about it Uh it's funny just because like you know some guy like winners and losers of the weigh in it's like yeah okay that's important um whatever but body beautiful is just you know it's a guy that when he is up there weighing in and he doesn't have a shirt on you're just like wow that looks like a really athletic guy and which means nothing but it's just kind of a fun term to have um a guy that we were throwing out before for the chiefs that you would say is body beautiful would be like uh tano would be did i say that right tano yeah tano passigno say his last name passigno okay. the, the k is silent tano Capacignan. is tano is body beautiful like what well, even when he came out of villanova last year that was something you noticed especially at that level that fcs level you're like oh my gosh like this guy he is, was he looked ridiculous he's a freak he looks like a freak i'll tell you what do everybody's listening right now my mom and the other three people uh go ahead and just get on your twitter and search for the term body beautiful and see how many nfl draft prospects show up and how many of the nfl media types show up when you put that um i just curious out of curiosity maybe, maybe don't do that at work though <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> maybe maybe not i just i don't know i haven't done it that's a, that's a good point i saw i saw it on my timeline today from i think like, <laughs> i think like josh norris yeah yeah no it's it's a good term it's, like it's it. actually maybe man this is a good point maybe you shouldn't maybe you shouldn't google that there's there's a lot of good scouting terms that we'll we'll get to in the coming weeks yeah we'll do one every week and uh yeah, so that's that's it for this first ever episode of the Arrowhead Pride Chiefs Draft Show. And thank you guys so much for listening. We're going to we're going to do this the next few weeks. Uh we're going to do it all the way up through the draft. We'll probably do a a draft recap talking about the prospects that the Chiefs ultimately do select. Really excited to be doing that. Jenks or Jake, thanks for having having uh coming on with me, man. Of course. Hey, and uh as, you know, use if if you want, you know, you're going to follow us on Twitter. Maybe shoot us a line about you know, maybe at work or like at like a family dinner or something, you slip the term body beautiful in. Um, if you have a fun story about that, we'd love to hear it. I mean, uh, thanks for joining us, Jake. Thanks, everybody, for listening. We will see you guys next week with some recaps of what we saw at the NFL Combine and any uh, any stories or anything interesting we hear from that. Thanks, guys, so much for joining us. Catch you later. Hello, I'm Spencer Hall from SB Nation, and I want to tell you about my new show, It Seems Smart. It Seems Smart is a show about people doing things that, for some reason or another, seem smart at the time. Those things might include doing a little cocaine and driving a bike up a mountain, or, I don't know, maybe racing 100 miles per hour across the country in the middle of the night with no one's permission, or even stealing a bat from an umpire's room in a Major League Baseball park. Check it out, and if you like it, tell a friend. I'm Spencer Hall. Don't do anything smart. More to-dos, less time, and an infinite number of tools to keep track of. Sometimes doing business has never felt harder, but you don't need a miracle to hit your goals. You can just use HubSpot because their all-in-one customer platform can make growing your business infinitely easier. Imagine this, high quality leads, fast closing deals, wildly happy customers, and more benchmark breaking quarters. It's not a miracle, it's HubSpot. Visit HubSpot.com to get started today.